gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice. The superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the hall of justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 184. And this is the first of two podcasts on the new DC Universe animated film. And trust me, it's amazing. This is the first of two podcasts that are going to focus on Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. They're not going to be consecutive, though, because next week we have a very special guest from the television show Arrow and, of course, from Shadowhunters, the lovely Miss Catherine McNamara. More on that next week, I promise. She did a great job on a live broadcast that we did on my Twitch channel that you can find, twitch.tv slash Seth Everett. And it was the first ever live recording. And next week, that will be the podcast. And then the following week, we will have Chris Gorham, who plays the Flash in all of these, in this New 52-style continuity that we've been talking about. Chris Gorham plays the Flash, and that's a big part of this. Warning, there are spoilers abound. This is the first of the two podcasts, and both of them are going to have spoilers in the plot. So if you have not seen this film yet, you might not want to hear what James is going to say, because I'm going to be asking him all about the plot and how it ties up the continuity that they created based on the New 52. And there's a lot of parallels to the live-action films. There's a lot of pi- parallels to the comic books that were made. This continuity is all coming to a culmination, and it's going to be spoiled a lot because there's no way to talk about it with James without talking about the plot. It's incredible. It is the 15th film in a continuity that's based on something called the New 52 from DC Comics, and trust me, nobody's putting me up to saying that. Uh, I had a chance to see this film when it came out on digital. It's coming out on Blu-ray this week, if you're listening to this when it's coming out. Uh, But if you're listening to this podcast in the future, you've already seen Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, then do me a favor. Tell me how the flying car is, and uh, also tell us how we get out of this quarantine situation. This film has a very endgame feel, and I want to know more about it. And we are thrilled to have the executive producer of animation at Warner Brothers. James Tucker made his debut on this podcast back in episode 116, and he was a wealth of information. It was right before the premiere of Reign of the Superman. We got a chance to meet James then in face-to-face. Then we had him on when we did the Batman Beyond panel uh, from the Javits Center, which is something I've found very impressive. That is episode 154 of this show. 
James, welcome back to uh, the Hall of Justice. I trust that you are safe and quarantined. And, you know, Kevin Smith a couple of weeks ago said the only thing that can really come out during this time where everything's shut down is animation. And boy, you guys hit one out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was worried about, you know, with all that's going on, this type of movie um, triggering people in a bad way. <laughs> this was. Yeah, it's an intense movie, and these are intense times. Yeah, I just think that, you know, this idea that, you know, you can engross yourself into this, you know, I I don't know about you, and and you tell me if you disagree, but I have found in this time that I'm trying to watch as much new stuff that I haven't gone and rewatched anything. Like, you know, these people watch these old baseball games or old football games, and I saw one guy on Facebook. He's rewatching Mask of the Phantasm. I'm like, when do you have that time? I'm busier than ever. <laughs> I don't have I'm that kind of time. Yeah, I'm just trying to catch up on stuff I never got around to seeing because I was so busy. But uh, and still failing because I do have my regular stuff I like to watch. And um, surprisingly, it's not really genre. You know, right. it's not it's other genre. things. Yeah, yeah, it's like. You know, I, I'm a big HGTV guy. I watch NBC. I, you know, I there are certain things I watch, and I will watch reruns of the of episodes I've seen. You know, so it's crazy. I'm wasting a lot of this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to but get yeah, through season one of Ozark. I can't get through it. I'm I'm constantly trying to. Yeah. I'm like, give me an hour where I can focus. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So I thought long and hard about how I wanted to start this conversation about Apocalypse War. And knowing everything that you have said on this show before, and I just want to say, are you responsible for John Constantine and King Shark getting it on? Because I am fine with bisexual. I have no prejudices (laughs) whatsoever, but that's trisexual now. And now we're talking about sharks. (laughs) Hey, hey, just put an S on the end of LGBTQ. (laughs) I'm not even going there. I, you know, I don't, I can't remember exactly how it happened because a lot of times we, things get, you know, we pitch something or we, we're in a room and someone has one idea and another idea and the top, you know, I mean, I've been known to add the perverse, you know, topping on the cake, so right. to speak. Right. So I don't know if the, I, I, I definitely know that if the idea came up, I, I pushed to go further with it or, or like, <laughs> and actually, actually there was, it that scene was much longer. Um, one of the passes in the script that that scene went on a little too long. I'm like, you know, guys, this is a this is a quick joke. This isn't a <laughs> you know. <laughs> let's let's just leave it hanging because it's not. I mean, it's a funny element, but it's also true to John Constantine's character. So right. um, I don't know, but yeah, it kind of got. But yeah, the, I think the idea came up. And then when it was originally for the first pass of the script, it was a little belabored. Worst? I thought. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, it was just it was too involved a joke. Right. Like, <laughs> there was some back and forth, a conversation about it. It's like this yeah, isn't I, the movie for that. I didn't know? think it needed to be explained more. I I, I actually don't right. want to know the details. I, again, oh, right. I have Less no more. I mean, for, it's, it's right. probably better that you're filling it in yourself. Right. I mean, some people think it's a lovely thing, and are, and I'm sure there'll be fanfic about it. <laughs> uh, I, I, but you I, know, I, it, it was it was just there to inform that 
John Constantine has a past. <laughs> and also to say that this villain who we think is just, you know, I don't know. There, I hadn't really thought about it. it initially, it was, to me, it was just a funny joke. Yeah, it was. You know, not it, to make it fun was. of shark lovers, but. <laughs> and I said, and I we had uh, Matt on the podcast and yeah. we, I was with him in New Orleans at a wizard con, and we were stuck in an airport. I've told this story to the audience before. He's fun we, at cons. Oh, my that. God, is he fun. We had such a good time, and our flights were both delayed for like two hours, and he's literally going, he gets a phone call, and it was Mark Guggenheim over at the Arrowverse, and it was Mark Guggenheim, oh, and he cool. just goes, and he has all the, uh, the ability. I'm not prying, and I wasn't asking. And he comes over, and he walks away, and he starts talking, and he comes back, and he says, I'll be right there, mate. I'm just talking to Guggenheim. We're talking about Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm just like, you didn't have to tell me that. Now I want to know. And I wasn't going there. I never asked. And so he's, I. He's great. He's a, he's a really good guy. I want to bust his chops, though, I said, because if you had told me that, you know, you're with a shark. In, in Apocalypse War, that would have been a story, man. I could have, I could have aced that. Uh, um, the ideas that you had this this film, and I, I'm curious to know the timeline of everything, only in the sense that um, there have been so many things said, including the conversation that you and I had uh, during the duration of this run since Flashpoint, since the Flashpoint paradox. The 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 idea of this universe. And I remember you saying that the death and reign of Superman fell into your lap and that's why it was going to be in continuity and that if Bruce Tim had gotten it, it was going to look like Dan Jurgens. I, I remember that conversation. And this universe was always going to be this ongoing thing. So you invest in Damien and you invest in these voices and you know who all these people are. Did you have this end in mind at the beginning, in the middle? Did it just come up? Were you looking for a story? Like, just the idea that you can wrap everything up on a universe that had very mixed reactions in a, an amazing epic tale. If you hate this universe, you will love this film. And if you love this universe, you are going to love this film. Like, that's, that was hard to do. And you guys have hit, that's what I meant by hit it out of the park. Like, you don't have to love the new 52 quote unquote universe to love this film. Yeah. I mean, I think by the time we got to this stage, I mean, I, I, I mean, I knew going in, you know, the thing, the funny thing was when I first got the gig, I was, I was supposed to just jump right into Bruce Tim's shoes and do standalones. And that's what I thought I was going to do. Right. And I got um, Superman unbound yep. and then flashpoint, which, when I got the script for Flashpoint, it was a standalone. That that's exactly, you know. And so, and again, it you know the comic book was had come out and people were reacting to it. Um, and I don't know if they were reacting to the the I, the comic as much as the idea, you know. But they, again, even even reading Flashpoint, it was only supposed to be a standalone. I think even the even Jeff Johns went into it thinking it was a standalone. And then, much like the comic book situation where after flashpoint happened they went oh let's use this as a as a jumping off point to start something and um you know little did i know that was going to happen to me so you know <laughs> i get in a meeting and they say you know okay we need to let's let's 
piggyback onto what the comics are doing. And, uh, you know, I I was like fans. I was kind of mixed on it. But then I mm-hmm. saw it as an opportunity because, you know, you know, apart from television, no, none of our movies had attempted, you know, the live action, of course, was at the, actually this predates them trying to start um, the DC continuity at that time in movies. Right. So no one had really done it on our end. I mean, Marvel was doing it, of course. And I was like, oh, this could be a challenge. You know, the the thing that excited me most was that nothing was set up. I didn't, I wasn't given the, the, the limitations of doing just the New 52 stories. It was just use New 52 as a jumping off point. Hmm. But to answer your question, no, going into it, I did not know how this was going to end. I knew there were some key points of New 52 that I kind of liked as, as, as concepts like Dark Side War. Mm-hmm. And um, the visuals from that I, I was attracted to. Um, but, I, you know, I didn't know where we would end up because I couldn't plot out that far in advance because, you know, unlike Marvel where, you know, they have one guy saying, this is the direction we're going. I have to wait for each quarter for them to say, these are the movies we want. This is the character we need because this is a move, you know, like every, all the movies we did had a, mo, a, um, a method behind the madness, meaning we did a Wonder Woman movie because there was going to be another Wonder Woman movie, a live action. You know what I mean? So right. live action was kind of leading what we were doing. And because live action was starting to branch out into these other characters, we were allowed to. Because when I first got the gig, they only wanted to do Batman and Justice League. Those are the only two franchises they, they wanted. And so when I went in, I said, and you, I probably said this in the – last podcast like okay if i can only play with just league and batman every time i we do one of those i'm going to put characters in there that fans haven't seen anywhere else or haven't seen in these movies you know it was like always an like luke luke fox and bad star. blood right right i see it yeah or batwoman you know i mean batwoman right we were the first to get her on screen i mean technically i did in brave and the bold but it was a different version but anyway. right i remember i remember um, it yeah yeah um before we get back to the show, I just want to tell you about a very cool announcement that was recently made about the Hall of Justice. We are so excited that this show is now available to stream free on Spotify. Spotify, folks, that is the what the young kids are using. Spotify is something my kids use. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's it's a downloadable app. You can use Spotify on any device, iPhone, Samsung, Android, whatever you want to do. It's a great listening experience. You go straight from listening to music. You can listen to Prince. You can listen to superhero songs. You know the kind of stuff I listen to. And then switch right over to this podcast in the very same app. Just search for The Hall of Justice on Spotify and start listening free. It's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. We're excited that there are new listeners that are going to find this show, and I'm so grateful for everybody that subscribes, listens, rates, and reviews. The Hall of Justice is now on Spotify. Now back to the show. Justice and peace for all mankind. Diedrich Bader was just on uh, for Superman Red Sun, and he was just on, and we talked about Brave and the Bold, and I have to send you that audio. He, he, he was gushing about oh. Brave and the Bold. It was so cool. 
I love Diedrich and his family. I mean, that was a very, I mean, not to jump off topic, but just that yeah. experience of doing that show was so uh, blessed. Because, uh, I mean, he, his, it, it just was just a family situation. Uh, it was very warm. I mean, it was the happiest show I ever worked on. Yeah. As far and as, he, I mean, he not gushed. that the others oh. were unhappy. No, no, I, I, I it understand. There was a warmth. It was it was like old home week every time we recorded because we used much of the same character, you know, actors because reoccurring characters and stuff. So it was always right. a nice it was a nice experience. Sure. Um, you mentioned anyway. you mentioned Marvel, and it's very interesting. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. No, no, but I don't I don't look at it as something controversial. I I I, I mean I saw okay. tweets, but I'm not I, I I'm not going there. I just want to know what came first, the chicken or the egg. And just the idea that if this is an homage to Endgame, well, isn't that the greatest form of flattery? Like that was a kick-ass movie. Well, that's not, that's not a bad thing, but there are parts of it that feel very, they, but they feel it. There are parts of this movie. When you fast forward the two years, that feels like the jump and it, it, I'm not saying that you guys copied. I'm not, I'm not a child about this. What I'm saying is, what was the timeline? Did you write Apocalypse War before you saw Endgame or after? Or not oh, you yes. personally wrote Way it? After. Way after. In fact, um, I mean, animation, you know, works in long form. So I, don't, I think we were working on the script right after the first one. When did, when did Infinity War come out? What year? Infinity War was... Someone has the timeline, but I'll, I, I promise you I had not seen Endgame um, when when we were in animation overseas, meaning we had done the script, we had done the boards, recorded it, and it was overseas for eight months or six months. Six really? to eight months, I'll say. Getting animated. And in that time, while it's overseas getting animated, I think the footage came back in July and, and, and Endgame came out, what, the 1st of July? I don't remember. When did Endgame come out? Endgame came out April 26, 2019. Okay, so the so our animation was being created while... While Endgame so comes it, out. So I, so I go to see Endgame and I'm sitting in the audience. I go, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> and I, I called it. I said, oh... F word, F word, F word. Of course. I was not a good audience member that day because I was, I was like, ah. And it happens more often than you think. I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and it's like everyone's going to think, you know. But no, we, we conceived of this. Actually, the the long story is, is that um, I knew about two years ago, I was told, okay, the plan is to wrap this up eventually. And I'm like, well, that doesn't give me any, <laughs> I can't really plan on that. But I knew that, the, you know, eventually I would have to, because nothing lasts forever. I was running out of, you know, I was getting tired. It was a long haul doing these. And so I knew that the plan was to eventually wind it up. But I never, I didn't know when it, I was going to have to, when the trigger was going to get pulled, so to speak, to use a bad comparison. Sure. And, um and so I still had a couple of movies thinking I could build to this point, and, and that didn't happen. And so when I was told, we actually had a whole completely different Justice League dark script or idea going that was just going to be more, you know, just a tip, I won't say a typical Justice League dark movie. Uh, more, like the, the more like the first one. More like the first. Right. The, the more one that came out. The yeah. first one. 
yeah, John Constantine centered, really bizarre, you know, crazy like Etrigan and happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we will pick up the thread and then go in a whole different direction. I will say that instead of Batman, Wonder Woman was going to be a very big part of it, which is funny because later the comics kind of did that. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, in the midst of all that, I got the call like, okay, this, this next whatever movie you're working on now needs to be the wrap up. And I'm like, holy, you know. So I had to completely scrap that idea. The script. I mean, we were in a script. We were at outline, which isn't isn't great, but isn't you know it's not so far gone that we're screwed. But um, so I had to start from you know we had to completely and and we also we had lost time because we you you know we only have a set amount of time to do these things and you have to get whatever's stage done so that you can move on to the next stage and if you you know you get only so much time to to work a script before you have to be on to the next stage of storyboarding and all that, recording and all that. It's like a, a timeline. And uh, so we had very little time to pull this, this, this script we ended up making together. And, uh, and I always find when you have the less, the least, less time you have, the better the ideas are because you don't oh, have time great. to screw around. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, paralysis by off, analysis. <laughs> Yeah, you just the best. You you only bring the best ideas out, and the crazy. You know, whatever the the most. You don't have time to to piddle around. You you go right towards the the meat of it. And I I prefer that way of working. Usually, this was not an ideal situation just because it had to wrap up stuff. And I was the art. You know, the keeper of all the continuity because the only other person who was there for the whole ride was involved in everything was Alan Burnett and he had oh, retired. Right. 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 <laughs> so, and even then he wasn't big on continuity. So all the, you know, trying to keep track of the character arcs and the evolution of characters that all fell on me to kind of, you know, navigate and, um, control as it were. <laughs> the, uh, the so best Alan did I Burnett your question. No, you did. You did. Yes, you did. I miss him terribly. He was, uh, he was, he was such a nice, guiding, uh, centered force. You know, he just—he was so good to work with. Anyway. My favorite was during the Batman Beyond uh, press tour at uh, the Javis Center. Alan Burnett sees my mic flag, and it says Hall of Justice on it. And he looked at me, and his reaction was just so awesome. He's like, "Get out of here! That's what you called it!" And I. And I explained to him that it was it was it. The whole idea is that it's supposed to make it, it, it. It's immediately supposed to tell the listener this is for grownups. And the slogan is, if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. That's all it was. Right. And I said and 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 one of the other reporters saw Alan's reaction and says to me, says, how can you call it that? And I said, let's get so big that DC comes and gives us a cease and desist. And then we'll be the podcast formerly known as the Hall of Justice. And it would be so fun to do that. So it was literally well, like. And also Alan actually worked on. Super I know. Fun, and that's so. why I said it. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. idea was I knew Alan Burnett had worked on Superfriend. And I just said, uh, oh, my God, yeah. like the, 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 the kismet of having Alan Burnett on this podcast was crazy couldn't get over it I, I couldn't get over have it. you ever had have you had him as a guest i mean i don't know if well he did now, but. well yeah what we did was we, you know on that day it was everybody for five minutes 
You remember? And so what yeah, we do, yeah, is we put together a 45 minutes of, every, you know, the cast of Batman Beyond or the cast of Batman, the animated series. And um, no, he's he's someone that I've always targeted. And also uh, Mike Carlin. And yeah. my, I just think Mike Carlin, the stories he can tell, the stories that he tells, because now I think it's been in 76 Blu-ray features of the death of Superman when Lois and Clark is coming in and they said you can't marry Superman in the comics because Lois and Clark was starting on ABC. And so they're oh, sitting yeah. in this room and somebody says, so let's just kill him. And to hear yeah. Mike Carlin tell that story on this podcast, that would just be... Like, that would be amazing. Like, that would be such a win. Yeah. You know, because, again, you know, and, and James, I don't expect you to remember these things, but I got into this as an, as an adult. You know, I was a Super Friends oh. fan as a kid, but I wasn't a comic book reader until college. College was – and I covered the death of Superman for the college TV station, and I said, oh, my God, this stuff is adult. And the first storyline I ever read was Hal Jordan going bonkers. And I said <laughs> – this is legit. And that was the year that Batman, the animated series came out and it just, it transformed and it became this passion. And I always tell the story that, you know, when I started my sports career, I referenced Batman once on a Broncos show, a Denver Broncos show. And I got told yeah. by the program director, you don't talk superheroes on this. This is, this is a grown up station. That's not, you don't bring up that kid stuff. And to think that Boy, I have a successful podcast. Always, it's so funny to me that, that, that people don't connect the nerddom that that is comic books with the nerddom that is sports. Sports, it's, it's, it's the exact ex same, it's exact thing. same thing. It's the exact. I wish same I'd thing. known this as a kid because my brother's a huge sports fan, and yeah. of course I was a comic book nerd. And you know, it was like the North and the South. It was very. <laughs> we were there. The lines were drawn, and I'm like, wow, we had more in common. Um, <laughs> Because as, as big a geek as I'm about comics, he could he's just that way about sports. We he just, will watch that, you know, tiddlywinks yeah. if, if someone can lose. You know, it's like me. I'll read any comic book if someone sits in front of me. So, yeah. But, yeah, sports is, sports is basically comics. <laughs> Only well, comics I, can kind of predict the end sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Sports, too. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, in closing, because like I said, I you, you I could. There's so much we can talk about, but if oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, are we? Because we, we're kind of getting off track, and I, I no, I know. I will ramble if you let me. So no, I, I know, and I that's hope why I've done everything I need to do. But you're in quarantine, so I'm going to make more requests because you're not doing anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Last question. Last question. Um, oh, okay. Everybody always wants to know the next thing, and now that this universe is over. Uh, are you going to go back to standalones? Is there just like, is it just a just wait and see? Do you guys have a pipeline of about 10 ideas and say, oh, my God, the stuff we can do now that we're not chained to this this continuity anymore? Like, is it well, is it the sky's the limit? What, what can you tell us about the future? Well, do you remember how old are you? Do you remember Chico and the man? Do you remember Freddie Prinze? Do you, you don't remember that show, do you? You're probably... No, I know. I, of course, I know it. I know. Well, it. anyway, his catchphrase was, "That's not my your job, man." And so that's my answer: is it's not my job <laughs> anymore. I am moving on to uh, to different pastures. So I have. I mean, I know what they're doing, but it's not my place to. Um, there you go. Speak on it. So. 
James, we I'm appreciate the- I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. So, but yeah. Oh. Well, that, that's a whole other conversation in its own right. Yes. Stay safe. I'll talk to you in, uh, in six months. <laughs> Congra- congratulations on Apocalypse War. It's a fantastic film. I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, man. All right. You too. That's James Tucker. And again, what was he talking about at the end? We're going to have to investigate that a little bit further. He slipped that in right as we were hanging up. Wow. Okay. Next week, the great Catherine McNamara, Shadowhunters, Arrow. We're going to find out what the status of Green Arrow and the Canaries is. We're going to talk about the crisis on Infinite Earths. It was a live recording that happened on my Twitch channel, and it's going to be a great podcast because I already know because it's already been done. And then Chris Gorham, the voice of The Flash, the actor, popular. He's been on a bunch of things. Uh, But Chris Gorham, The Flash in these uh, animated films, plus Victor Dandridge, as we'll do our Justice League Dark Apocalypse War review. Stay safe. Stay at home if you can. Just let us beat this thing, and let's get out into the world. Believe it or not, I'm walking